Thanks for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Ambulatory Surgery Center's podcast. In this episode of the podcast, we are highlighting a portion of our August Orthopedic Spine and ASC virtual event. I don't want to say too much before we roll into a great conversation with industry leaders, but our team did want to tease our upcoming 27th annual meeting, the business and operations of ASCs, which is taking place in late October, both in person and virtually. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, that 27th annual meeting will be a great opportunity to hear more of our engaging virtual event sessions. Learn more about the event and how you can join us by checking out the conferences tab of our website, which is beckershospitalreview.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Welcome everyone to Becker's Orthopedic Spine and ASC virtual event. I'm really excited to be joined for our fantastic conversation today with Dr. Anthony Romeo, who is the Executive Vice President of DuPage Medical Group. We also have Dr. Alok Sharan, who is the Director of Spine and Orthopedics at NJ Spine and Wellness. So thank you both so much for being here today. When you talk about those prior authorization issues, I know, Anthony, you said technology, that, that there should be a technology where this should be automated. And now, do you foresee that as being a key solution to this issue? I actually believe it is automated and it's automated against uh, the approval process. I, that's why I think the government's gonna come down when they actually see behind the curtain uh, what's going on. There's just no way uh, that they can deny this many cases up front and then turn around and say, okay, they're authorized. So there's something that's going on uh, behind the curtain uh, that's affecting our abilities to get these authorizations through. And, and we all know this is this big challenge for us. Uh, but there's, uh, unfortunately, we just haven't been able to work out a solution where we can get the insurance companies or our third-party payers uh, and our healthcare systems and physicians on the same page. And so um, it's, a, it's an interesting challenge right now. And I really hope that in the end, we do figure out a better way for the sake of our patients is really the key issue. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a great point. It's, it's 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 a great discussion. We're we're in the process right now of going through all the criteria for authorization for the various spine surgeries we do, and it's hopefully we'll turn this into a paper. But it's amazing <laughs> to me that there's variability between what one insurance company thinks qualifies for lumbar fusion versus yeah. another. Why is it possible that United Healthcare would say this? Well, it's typically Aetna. Why is it possible that Aetna is saying this is this patient does not qualify for surgery, but then when they have United Healthcare, they do qualify for surgery? And I've had situations before where, and I, 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 I forgot the insurance company's name, but I remember in November and December the patient's insurance did not authorize them to have a spinal fusion, but when they switched to a new insurance company in January, they did. So what changed in that month that they basically were able to qualify for that spine, spine surgery? So it's not based off of science. And, and in medicine, we're based off of science. We hold, as doctors, we hold ourselves to that higher standard. So why is it that there's so much variability in criteria and what, who qualifies for what type of surgery? That just doesn't make sense. And that's really just not the way you want to do patient care. It's a pickup game. It's not a standard process. Uh, and Luke brings up a good point, that variability, when there's that much variability, uh, we know that there's tremendous room for improvement um, because it's not that much variability in making the decision on who's the right patient for surgery. And so we, we have a challenge in front of us, but what we, what we really want to do is 
is really to get together and say, let's define what the appropriate criteria are and we will follow that. And if we do that over a three to six month period, then we should be given essentially a gold card for authorization. If we can demonstrate that we have the ability to consistently do this, we know how sophisticated your IT systems are. We know how well you track these things. Uh, we are going to be up to speed on our end too. Let's work together, uh, save both sides a little extra effort and do the right thing for the patient. And so I, I think we'll get there, but it's right now we're in a phase where that's, we're, we're still working these things out. But you see, for instance, the payer side. So for instance, take someone like Optum who comes from United Healthcare and yet they're developing these very high level sophisticated revenue cycle management teams. And so they clearly know both sides of the equation. And so there has to be a way at some point for a clear thought to come out to say, let's have a guaranteed criteria. Once you meet that, you'll be authorized and it should be automated. It really should be automated. I, there's no reason why this has to go through so much peer-to-peer -peer review and things like that. And so I think we have a long ways to go, but I, I believe we'll get there because I do believe our IT systems are getting sophisticated enough to make that happen. And do either of you bypass payers and work directly with employers at this point? We don't. Um, I, I don't directly, but uh, we are in discussions with companies that are doing that, um, especially with spine surgery, um, especially with our awake spine surgery program. Um, there's a lot of issues in unpacking that, and that has to be worked out. It's not as simple as just going straight to the employers. I do think that the more progressive employees are going to go in that direction, though, and so it is a discussion that we're beginning to have. It's uh, definitely something that we're uh, working on that process. Our, our focus really, again, we're a multi-specialty group. And when I say multi-specialty, not multi-specialty in orthopedics or, or, or musculoskeletal care, but we have 800 physicians. And so our big push in terms of uh, that type of, of taking risk is to really do population management. So uh, what we're working on is the ability to take, for instance, uh, a system like Medicare Advantage and assume the care for 100,000 lives and what that, what that cost is, and then we manage that. So we're at that level. There are a number of organizations, as Luke said, or, or conveners uh, that are working on assimilating different practices because the problem with many of the larger employers is their, their geography is so large. How do you do that? Well, Walmart flies their employees directly to certain sites. So that's one way you can do that. And that may work out well. But I think uh, for most patients, what they would like is a, an option that's closer to home where family can be involved and things like that. So what's happening is that some organizations are then grouping this together so that one employer that has multiple sites, they will be responsible for finding the different locations, the preferred provider for that area. And so that's going on. It's going on in Chicago. Uh, but like most major metropolitan areas, it remains relatively fragmented. So it is an opportunity for the right organization. I think it's a, again, I think it's a step uh, in the progress towards, I think more and more groups like ours are going to really look at the overall population health management. So we will be able to offer the, the employers of our region a uh, price point that is, is basically the same as what they would get from something around an employer direct 
situation because we're going to be assuming the risk of this patient population. So there's a number of different ways to approach this. And I do think the employer direct is one of them. And for large employers uh, with organizations that have a large ge geographic footprint, that may work out very well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. I think yeah. employers have stake in the game to lower costs, absolutely, so. Yes. Um, we are at the end of our discussion today, um, but before we part, I just wanna see if either of you have any final thoughts or closing remarks that you wanted to share today um, with our audience. So maybe Alok, if you can go first and then Anthony, um, you can take us home. Sure, no, thank you again for convening this. I think it's a really uh, important talk um, and the ASC space is really interesting. Spine surgery is really a little bit behind than the rest of orthopedics in terms of outpatient. And so it's good because we're able to learn from our predecessors, but we're going forward into sort of uncharted territory. Um, as you know, I've been trying to champion this whole notion of regional anesthesia. I think it's gonna be a big, big change for spine surgery. Um, I'm really, it's gonna be really curious to see how that is, gets adopted into the outpatient space. And I want to really emphasize that one thing I've learned along the way is that although I can do a lumbar fusion and send them home within a few hours, to Anthony's point earlier, I think what we're really missing is looking at the whole holistic approach to outpatient, which is optimizing the patients um, nutritionally. And in our practice, because we're multi-specialty, um, our patients go through prehab before they have spine surgery. They, we have a nutritionist, so they see a functional medicine slash nutrition doctor. We don't have the capabilities yet, but at some point it would be great if we had some mental health uh, practitioners as well, because I think that would be amazing too. I think that as we talk about value-based care, um, I'm not sure, I don't believe that there's a business model out there that actually gets us to value-based care as it stands. I think value-based care will become when we start thinking about these sort of pre-op issues and optimizes patients so they, you have as minimal damage as possible when you do surgery. So they're optimized nutritionally, they've lost weight, they stop smoking, mentally they're in good shape, and then you just do the surgery and execute it really well in an outpatient ASC. I think that when we start thinking in that direction, I believe that we're really gonna get closer and closer to delivering value for the patient. It's not gonna be based off of a business model, but it's gonna be based off of achieving that optimal outcome for that patient. I agree with everything that uh, Alouk just mentioned. Um, and to his point about regional anesthesia, it really changed um, the face of sports medicine and joint arthroplasty in the ambulatory surgery center to see what happened about 10 years ago when they, through anesthesiologists, routinely use ultrasound to place their local anesthetic at a regional site. The effectiveness, the safety, uh, the patient uh, satisfaction was tremendously changed. And so we do all of our uh, major joint replacements with some form of regional anesthesia. Uh, and with shoulders, we can even do those. Essentially, you can do some of those patients even awake or just sedated uh, with the, the quality of the blocks that we're able to get at this time. So I, I agree with that entirely. And just to, to bring up the point that Luke talked about, you know, I, I think the surgery centers are a critical part of the way that we're going to provide care to our patients. And I do think that he's correct that nobody has a value-based care system model that's perfect right now. There's a number of organizations that are working towards that. We certainly are idealistically working towards those things. And we're kind of putting this in the framework and he's is too in terms of the quadruple aim of healthcare. So the ASC is 
every time you ask patients to do surveys, whether they, or they've had a surgery at the hospital ASC where they want to have it, it's 95% are going to say they want to have it in the ASC. So it's patient satisfaction, patient experience. Number two, in terms of outcomes, we've shown that the properly selected patients in a surgery center get the same results. In fact, oftentimes the results are better because we're actually taking the best patients and putting them in the surgery center to do the cases. And so for that case load, the outcomes are great. Third, the value is better. We're able to do these at anywhere from 20 to 40% less than the hospital for the exact same procedure uh, in terms of the actual technical part. And sometimes I think even better in terms of the peripheral part of the anesthesia and experience. And the last thing that we don't talk about so much is the physician experience, the surgeon experience. I mean, a happy surgeon who likes to come to work, who enjoys the environment he works in, that has the staff that he knows, you can only imagine that case after case after case, the predictability of the quality of the surgical care he's gonna provide is gonna be better. We're all better in an environment where we feel like we're working with the team, with the people that we know, and we have a very focused goal to satisfy the, the actual care that we're providing. And so for me, the ASC provides that. And so there's, it's just gonna to continue to grow and be more and more successful. But again, just like Luke, we do have cases that have to be done in the hospital. So my hope is that we're gonna bring these lessons that we learned from the ASC, and we're gonna work with our hospital leadership, and we're gonna help co-manage these uh, things. And so that the patients, no matter where they have the surgery, as long as it's in the right place, they're gonna get these experiences. You can do this in a hospital, but it's gotta be run differently than a place that's supposed to be a solution shop for everything. That doesn't work uh, for this kind of thing. So I. I think with the things that Luke said are great. I think it's wonderful to see what the spine surgeons are doing and the innovations and advancements. And I think we really honestly, in a very nice and collegial way, we kind of competitively push ourselves to keep getting better and better. How difficult a case and how challenging a case can we do in a surgery center and make it so the patients do great and don't have any problems. And so I think that's a, a wonderful way for us to continue to advance uh, the role of the ASC for our, the care of our patients. Just some excellent points to end on. Thank you so much, Alok and Anthony, for your discussion today. It's been um, a pleasure. And I wanna thank our audience as well for taking the time to join us for Becker's Orthopedics Spine and ASC virtual events. We have lots of great events coming up. So please stay tuned on our website for future engagement opportunities. Um, please enjoy the rest of your day and thanks so much. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Alok. Thank you, Morgan. Thanks, Anthony.